0: president has expressed his support for efforts to improve the federal background check system and in the coming days we will continue to explore ways to ensure the safety and security of our schools.
1: And just a few moments ago I signed a memorandum directing the attorney general to propose regulations to ban all devices that turn legal weapons into machine guns.
2: So Trump's going to take on bump stocks and he's at least talking about background checks. So some movement by a Republican president on uh, gun laws, which is practically unprecedented.
3: Well, there's been very little resistance voiced at this point. Might we make progress? Sarah Westwood is the White House reporter for the Washington Examiner, uh, joins us now. Hello, Sarah. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
3: Absolutely. It's our pleasure. So,
2: President Trump, from the beginning, uh, I mean, it's been very obvious. He he doesn't, well, in in a lot of cases, he doesn't know what the history of political issues are. And then if he does know, he doesn't care. He doesn't know, he doesn't care what Republicans generally do or or don't do. Um, Is he just kind of going with his gut or reading the polls or what?
0: Right. Well, he's very non-ideological. You're right. But when this bump stocks issue first came to prominence, it was in the wake of the Las Vegas shooting. Obviously, bump stocks enabled that man to convert his legal weapons into some pretty dangerous firearms. And so there was broad bipartisan support at the time to take a look at bump stocks. There was legislation introduced. Even the NRA gave its blessing for the administration to review how they could go about regulating these devices so and how did it, it not happen then
2: why did it just sort of die
0: because attention moved on from it uh the administrative review was sort of going on in the background it wasn't something that was taking up attention day to day and even though bump stocks really they were obviously had no bearing on the shooting in parkland i think the administration revisited this issue because it was a way for them to sort of hand democrats and olive branch on a gun control issue, without angering at the base, because there's no real opposition anywhere to this kind of policy.
2: Yeah, politically speaking, it is. Uh, uh, it would be. It would relieve some of the the pressure. It'd be a release valve of some of the pressure. There'd be a feeling among a lot of people: look, we, we actually did something, mm-hmm. even though
3: it'd have nothing to do with these school shootings. Sarah, have you heard anything like a coherent philosophy coming out of the White House for how they want to approach the issue of guns and deads in schools and stuff like that? I mean, for instance, are they saying, look, we've got to enforce the laws we have? Are they saying it's all about background checks or mental health? Has there been a coherent policy stated?
0: Not yet. And I think that there's a recognition in the White House that there is no one size fits all policy to address school shootings, that's not the kind of rhetoric that you hear from the left, the left, you know, has a sort of myopic focus when it comes to uh, how to stop shootings. It's all about gun control, limiting access to guns, strengthening background checks. President Trump has already started to lay the groundwork for a more comprehensive approach that you're right, takes a look strongly at mental health issues, issues of school safety and security and also maybe background checks one of the issues that i know is being floated in the white house right now is raising the legal age how old you have to be to obtain a gun this shooter was able to obtain his gun after he turned 18 if the if the age had been 21 perhaps the shooting yesterday or last week wouldn't have happened.
3: Yeah, and and listen, I'm not against that. This is this is just observing the complexity of it, not arguing against that because I'm willing to consider just about anything um, that's not unconstitutional. But that we're always chasing the last one. That wouldn't have helped in a number of other school shootings, and it certainly would have hel- would not have helped in the previous couple of mass shootings in Florida, which were full grown adults, and certainly the worst massacre in American history in Las Vegas. So, you know, there's there's a lot of complexity here. Sarah Westwood of the White uh, of the Washington Examiner is online.
2: Is there anybody talking about the assault weapons ban and bringing that back up? Is that ever mumbled about in the White House?
0: I think you hear Democrats doing a lot more than mumbling about it, but in the White House, no, I don't think that what they want to do is approach the gun issue from the standpoint of limiting different types of guns or access to different types of hardware beyond the bump stocks issue. I think what you'll see from the White House is maybe concessions on the requirements that it takes to obtain a gun, but not necessarily restrictions on the guns themselves. So I think the background check issue has a lot more legs in this debate than limiting any one type of weapon
2: do we know if president trump's ever fired a gun
0: that is a great question i do not know how familiar he's with guns uh that certainly
2: i'll bet he's never fired a gun in his life it. i know eric's a hunter isn't he that's and true. john jr that's true yeah, I don't know. They
0: are. I remember that infamous picture of him with some sort of African trophy animal.
2: Because every president, for geez, my adult lifetime, you have to have at least one photo op where you're out in the field hunting with your Carhartt jacket on and your rifle to show that you're sure a gun person. But or Trump... hun- hunting your friends, in the case of Vice President Cheney. <laughs> oh, <geez>.
1: um.
2: <laughs> but Trump, like a lot of things, he didn't he didn't have to play that game or wouldn't play that game, and uh, and got the backing of the gun crowd.
0: Well, exactly. And his lack of ideological commitment to things like gun control is one reason why conservatives were skeptical about him in the first place. And they may be nervous at this time because he doesn't have that ideological mooring in dedication to the Second Amendment that maybe he would be open to making more concessions than another republican
3: president would. At the that's absolutely true Sarah, but at the same time I think there's a huge overlap between his base and people who are staunch second amendment advocates and and so I think he will get that feel very very quickly um from his base. So, you know, the, the, where this goes is interesting. I just You know, with all uh, due respect to our Jewish Muslim friends, I think we need a national come to Jesus meeting where we recognize that there are at least four or five distinct areas of inquiry from uh, background checks to the hardware, as you put it, to mental health, to secure schools uh, and, 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 and the great sociological question of why now do we have people who think it's okay to slaughter others to express their unhappiness? And, you know, have a bunch of panels and then a probably a two to three year long sustained, sincere discussion of these things and not just the usual emotional spasm of headlines for two weeks. Good luck. I live in a fantasy world. Okay, I know I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that does sound pretty difficult. And it's hard when everyone's not speaking the same language. I think there's a lot of misrepresentations on both sides when it comes to guns and just a refusal for either side to learn the facts, or even what different kinds of categories are called, the vocabulary that goes into the discussion, that makes it a lot more difficult.
3: Oh, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Sarah Westwood, White House reporter for the Washington Examiner. Sarah, it's always great to talk. Thanks for uh, giving us a couple minutes. Thanks for having me. Yep.
2: One thing that I hear a lot is um, Chuck Todd was pushing on this issue on Meet the Press on Sunday. Is there any reason to have an AR-15 other than to kill people, trying to nail somebody down saying, isn't this designed for killing people? Um, the guns that I own, I bought to kill people. That's the only reason I own them. Mm -hmm. The shotgun is for something else, like if I'd have some varmints around the house or whatever, but I'd use that to kill people too. The handguns I own, I bought to kill people. That's why I own them. I hope to God I never have to use them, Mm -hmm. but that's why I have them. See, I want to get a
3: shotgun to kill people. That's interesting. I'm
2: not a hunter. I'm not doing target practice. It's the only reason I have the gun. So the fact that a gun is designed to kill people, it doesn't automatically make it... Yeah, Negate it in my mind. That's why I have it. In case somebody with a gun ever comes to my house, I'd like to have at least a, a chance.
3: It's a god-awful last resort Yeah, to but, protect yourself and your family. That's what it's for.
2: But that it's not... The, the Founding Fathers, I don't think, and I've done a fair amount of reading about this, I know they weren't. They weren't talking about the opportunity to hunt.
3: Or target practice. Or target practice. No, they were talking about you can't be overrun by an oppressor. Now it's still an open question
2: as to because, you know, the, the, we draw lines various places. You can't have machine guns. You can't have a tank.
3: I know. Well, so, you can have one, but they made me disarm it. So a machine gun is... it still crush my neighbor's car, bastard.
2: So my argument doesn't work for machine guns. I don't get to have a machine gun because it'd be great for killing people. Right? Right. I mean, we've decided that. Right. The courts have decided that. So where yeah. do you draw the line? Is it, you know, does the AR-15 style gun... um get
3: closer to the machine gun thing or or not now well the courts have decided that already but Mm. so listen my my message particularly to my anti-gun progressive friends would be just this none of this is simple and it might feel good to shout adamant and heartfelt but simplistic solutions to this stuff you will fail if you do that good example the hardware thing if you're going to Ban A particular sort of hardware you have to spell out what hardware you are banning and then somebody comes up with a variation that is effectively the same thing but no longer fits the legal definition well you haven't banned that that's just a for instance so we got to stop shouting at each other and asking for quick easy solutions and you know my gun nut friends my fellow gun nut friends it's not going to go too far. It it won't. The Constitution sits there. The Supreme Court is what it is right now. I'm not particularly concerned about that. That is... That you know, is a concern of a lot of people that if you banned AR-15, semi-automatic pistols are next.
2: Here it comes. Everybody's guns are going to be taken away. Well, the president himself <laughs> said
3: that was going to happen, yeah. Um You know, maybe I'm overconfident, but uh, yeah, I don't... Like I said, the discussions, if we ever do have a long sober national discussion on, for instance, um, uh, assault rifles, you know, um, I think it's going to quickly become pretty clear to everybody how impossible it's going to be to, to quote unquote, ban them. I'm sorry, the quote should be around them. How are you going to ban them when somebody can come up with a variation on that? Without even trying very hard, plus
2: the numbers just might not be there, as I pointed out. They they tried to do this in 2013 when the Democrats controlled the Senate, and it didn't even come close. Right? Got voted down 60-40. Yeah,
3: 60-40 against my friends. Yeah. Um the the fact that the bump stock thing never happened, wow,
2: that's really interesting.
3: That might have gotten bogged down as Sarah said, it was in the uh what are the the advisory, uh, the uh what she say, the term she used, is essentially the eggheads who get together and try to work out how it would go, how it would work, what, what the law would look like. But and it got bogged down there, I'm guessing, for technical reasons.
2: Yeah, but the point remains you had Republicans, Democrats, the president, and the NRA say, so, yeah, that's okay, you can ban that. Yeah. And you still couldn't do it. Yeah. So it's going to be
3: pretty difficult. If anybody employs a bouncy thing that makes a semi-automatic rifle act like an automatic weapon, like a machine gun, you got to go to jail for 30 years. No bouncy things. That's what the legislation would kind of have to look like. Otherwise, like I said,
2: people come up with variations. Well, the first assault weapons ban, and I believe the next one they attempted, everything was grandfathered in. There was no confiscation. We have gazillions of uh, what are considered
3: the assault variety out there now. Well, and on the day they vote to ban that, presuming they ever could, uh, 350,000 of them will be sold. Yeah. Uh, How about we somehow come to terms with the national pathology of people who want to take out their unhappiness by killing innocents? How about we put a hell of a lot of time and energy into that? Because it didn't used to be. That whole he
2: couldn't buy a handgun at his age, but he could buy an AR-15 R- is an interesting one. Yeah, long gun, but not handgun. Yeah. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. I remember when I was a kid, it was all about thirty
3: eight caliber uh, revolvers. Saturday night special. Yeah. Too easily conser- concealed. It's That's the murder weapon. Yeah, right. Because it was all about you know, quote-unquote career criminals.
2: Stay with us. Love to hear your thoughts coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The conscience of the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: I suppose we'll get to this at some point, giant letters, front page USA Today. That might be the biggest print I've ever seen in the USA Today. 94% it says in four-inch letters. 94% of the actresses in Hollywood
3: say, stay tuned. Why do they stay, stay tuned? What? Say dot, dot, dot.
4: Oh, there's a
2: dot, dot, dot. And then I say, stay tuned to try to build drama. It's around the hashtag Me Too thing. Yeah, I, I kind of guessed. Yeah, ninety four percent. Wow. Yeah,
3: it's not surprisingly. Although I don't know what you. I have a feeling I know what you are going to say. So listen, uh, I came across this uh, thanks to an emailer. Let me flip over there if it hasn't frozen up as it so often does. Um, ah, dang it, I lost it. So it has to do with. Um, it was a half joking suggestion that Sean uh, pursue uh, work in this field. Of, um, where I want to, God dang it, I want to find it. Well, maybe not. Um, of, uh, internet, uh, underhandedness. And how it's an industry. And this person actually has to be, um, uh, anonymous. But that they work in, oh, there it is. Beautiful. Um, that they work in that industry. Internet underhandedness And he uh, he or she says, hi there, Uh, here's the largest marketplace for black hat internet marketing slash SEO. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, Tell Sean to take a look. I think he'd be able to look in depth at what is available here. Blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Blah, blah, blah. And this person also works there. So I clicked there to see what they offer. And I just clicked on like the first offering. Hello, as you can see in my profile, I had 13 open giveaways to introduce my services for you. Instant, high-quality, super-cheap SMM services. Can you Google what SMM services are?
4: SEO is Search Engine Optimization. Beautiful. Looking at SMM, you said? Mm-hmm. Not
3: SNM. Oh, that's, that's a different. Don't Google that, or you'll see things you'll never forget. Although you do need a spanking, Sean. Uh, social media marketing. Okay. A sneak peek at our price list. Instagram followers starting from only five cents per one thousand. Or is that no, I guess that's fifty cents per one thousand. Instagram likes starting at only three cents per thousand. Instagram views starting at only seven cents per thousand. I can get a thousand likes for three cents. Yes you can, sir. Instagram (gasps) mentions starting from only a dollar seventy five per thousand. If you care about this
2: at all, and I don't, but if you're the sort of person that does, like my wife's always checking her likes on her Instagram page. I should get her for her birthday. You know, Goats and pugs?
3: 50,000
2: likes for a buck.
3: God, God that's <laughs> such a great idea. <laughs> Cost me a whole dollar. That is a great idea. Of course, the Russian guy who does it probably will worm his way into all your stuff. And My brother's convinced
2: stuff. our pug is gay based on his Instagram page. He said, really? he really
3: likes the fancy hats. Wow. Really <laughs> likes the fancy hats. Yeah, enough said. <laughs> Which is fine. Gaypugs.com. Um... Facebook page, see, but who would want this? People who sell it. Well, I understand that. There's commercials. You, you got I, clicks. I understand who people the views, are, I, money. Under,
2: I understand people who are doing it for a living. I've, you know, I know a lot of people who pay attention to how many likes their various quip. Or I mean, heck or even, got just for their own enjoyment, their sure, own pride. Sure.
4: Yeah. There's industries like stand-up comedy, right? Like if you're a young, up-and-coming stand-up comedian and you have eighty thousand Twitter followers. That people will book you differently than the same person who
3: has a thousand. I'm How sure. How about this, Shawnee? Put a couple of your wacky wacky jokes up on YouTube. Here's what I'll do for you: YouTube views starting at only fifteen cents per thousand. Wow, it's so cheap. That's what's amazing. to me. So if I wanted to spend well fifteen, so uh, times ten, that'd be a dollar fifty times a hundred. Uh, so I could get a hundred thousand for fifteen dollars. Yeah. That seems very Well, how about strange. I spend $150 and get a million? Right. And then all of a sudden you're a big deal. YouTube country targeted views. I assume they mean not like uh, twangy music. Uh, they mean you know nation, you know, nation state. Target. 85 uh, cents per thousand. It can't be. So I can insist on America. 85 per thousand. YouTube likes and oh, dislikes. okay. Starting from only 350 per 1,000. Wow, so maybe there's like a little six-year-old girl doing her ballet class, mom videos it, puts it on YouTube for the grandparents. I could, for the cost of only 350 dollars, post a 100,000 dislikes for that video. <laughs> oh, now, wouldn't that be fulfilling?
4: as a troll?
2: Oh boy. They can't
3: be that cheap. They are. Uh,
2: oh, it makes you wonder this why... Is, anybody- this is the price list. Well, it makes you wonder why anybody's paying any attention at all, then.
3: SoundCloud followers and likes from only 280 per thousand. That's what I need to do from a wacky band. Well, yes, you should. I must. Because people, most people don't know this. Oh, and in the spirit of that girl who scammed her way into the Olympics, we've got a really interesting story about a band, right, that... That uh, gave itself wealth and fame by manipulating the internet. You kind gotta do a that story. Yes. Yeah.
1: What's coming up in your news, Marshall? out well, Florida students ramping up calls for gun control and a surprising admission from the White House coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty define gun
2: control. That's where the rubber meets the road. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Says something about the whole gun debate that something as um with as little effect as banning bump stocks is getting so much attention. The actual effect of that would be minuscule. It would have probably no effect on school shootings.
3: Probably not. None none that have happened so far. It's part of a big complicated puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, maybe start with something easy, I don't know. Uh so just a, a quick follow-up to what we were talking about moments ago. About these uh, social media maximization uh, people who will sell you for instance uh, Facebook likes for two dollars per thousand Facebook video views for a dime per thousand There's a giant study recently done about effectiveness of advertising and internet advertising that depends on well uh, look at that we got uh, 500,000 gigs is quickly becoming notoriously ineffective oh yeah yeah that's it's a big news for the world of uh, radio meanwhile radio advertising continues to be really really effective particularly talk radio because people are much more engaged in what they're listening to as opposed right. to hearing Celine Dion off in the distance in some grocery store or something like that which is a lot of music radio listening so and it, there is science to back this up your advertising dollars best spent. Talk radio.
2: It only makes sense. Online advertising is not working very well for people. It turns out, well, for a bunch of different reasons, including the fact that a lot of it is fake. <laughs> how many? How
3: many clicks or views people get? Do you want a hundred thousand Instagram followers? a uh, 100 well uh, which would make you a big deal cuz we've been
2: pushing our twitter for a couple of years now and we got 23,000 followers. That seems yeah. to be the maximum number. That's that's okay. the number of you of all the stations we're on that want to follow us on twitter, which is fine.
3: Okay, but I, we could have a big number for a
2: tiny amount of money.
3: I'll get you 100,000 twitter followers, Jack. It'll cost me uh $35. 35 effing dollars.
2: That's something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get the
3: news now with Marshall Phillips. Well,
1: Florida high school students in Tallahassee today advocating for gun control. The teens who survived last week's shooting are going to be leading a rally in Florida's capital. Meanwhile, President Trump hosting parents, teachers, and students at the White House today to discuss how to keep schools safe. Now, yesterday, Trump signed a memo calling for proposals to ban bump stocks on guns. That's getting a lot of play. And White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders said the president has been very concerned about doing something about the shootings. And when she was asked if the president plans to reinstate an assault weapons ban, Sanders said, We haven't closed the door on any front. Haven't closed the door on any
2: front. Which is a monumental statement based on recent gun arguments that anybody would say that. Um, but again... I'm not sure it'll have a monumental effect, though, because no, I of don't, the
3: difficulty. I of, don't uh, think so either.
2: Yeah. But uh, the, the, the fact that anybody's even even willing to say, you know, m- willing to look into it, mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. A huge change, anyway, Right. whether or not it's huge in results, like you said. Now, again, you get back to the whole... Uh, uh, a lot of the reasons that um, people, Democrats and Republicans, vote the way they do on this stuff is because that's what their constituents want. That gets left out of the conversation a lot.
3: It's a great uh, vote motivator, too, particularly on, well, no, on both sides. It's a real uh, hot-button issue that gets people to the polls, so, you know, it's a great example of they wouldn't solve it if they could, but in this case, I think it's too complicated to quote-unquote solve anyway. Right. But we can make a little progress in protecting kids. Everybody is in favor of that. Let's recognize that.
1: President Trump weighing in on the passing of the Reverend Billy Graham. This morning, Trump tweeted "The great Billy Graham is dead. There was nobody like him. He will be missed by Christians and all religions. A very special man. Now, Trump has said in the past he had a special relationship with Graham because his parents would take him to the pastor's religious crusades. How about that? So they would go see uh, Billy
3: back in the day. And he'd talk about that book. That book. Oh, I've seen it on shelves. It's uh, generally black cover. It's uh, the book. The Bible. That's
1: it. That's it. Amazon, it turns out, is working, I don't know if you've heard this, on a 10,000-year clock. Founder and CEO Jeff Bezos revealing video of a huge $43 million project being built inside a West Texas mountain.
2: What what do we need a 10,000-year clock for? Why? What are you going to do with it? Bezos said the installation... This time of day in 5,000 years, it
3: will be whatever time of day this is. <laughs> you keep changing the battery, this will be a 10,000-year watch, so I don't get it.
1: <laughs> installation has just begun on the 500-foot-tall mechanical clock designed to tick just once a year. According to Bezos... Seriously, Jeff so this is just a, like a novelty thing how about little kids who can't read
3: can we uh, spend our fortune on that maybe or something
1: according to bezos post the clock has been in the works for nearly 30 years it is the brainchild of inventor danny hills it's powered by daily thermal cycles and synchronized at solar noon
3: still haven't gotten to why.
1: <laughs> bezos calls it a special clock designed to be a symbol an icon for long-term thinking about the future of humanity and the planet. Okay, interesting. All right, now you got my attention. See, see it's kind if of that poetic.
2: Has, see if that has an effect, but that's interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah course, not it, much. It ticks once a year. Once a year. So it's like the second hand, it goes tick, and that's a year, and it'll take 10,000 years for it to go all the way around? Yeah. Is that the idea? And so you're supposed to look at this thing and think, by God, we have to think of the children. Okay. Okay. Well, I wish him luck.
1: By the way, Kirstie Alley has gotten into it. She is uh, she has gotten into a Twitter war with the USA Olympic curling team. Nobody she called, cares. She called their sport boring on Twitter Monday night. You're boring. But Team USA's John Schuster had a clapback that was classic. We're not trying to be mean either, but Kirstie, your movies weren't exactly riveting theater either. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got the mighty yeah You got the mighty U.S. men's curling team moving on to the Olympic yes. semifinals. Yes, they will be meeting up with Canada in the semifinals tomorrow morning at 3:05 a.m. West Coast. time. A traditional <laughs> rival,
3: Canada.
2: Sean just showed me a good picture of a, a nervous husband drinking beer through his wife's curling match. And he's 2 in it, so he's standing off the side with a beer in each hand. Wow. Hammering yeah. down the beers. a babe, whatever it takes. For Team Canada while his wife's out there go. curling. Oh, he's a Canucker?
3: Mm. I'll be damned.
1: There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips and the Armstrong and Getty Show. Conscience of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> That
3: was good. I thought you'd lost two plays, but no. That was just a dramatic pause. I yes. see. Hey, do we see what uh, what that c- Canadian fellow's brew of choices? Can you see that from the picture?
2: I, I was going to put the paddles to Marshall. I think
3: that pause was too long.
2: Yeah, I'd hate to criticize,
4: but uh, it's a little lengthy. No, they're in, uh, they're clear cups. It's not a, a canned oh, or labeled okay. beverage. Nah, that's too bad. Sucking down a Molson's, there as his wife slides <laughs> that big old ironing boar iron thing. Looks to be of a medium color, so not not a light beer for sure. Mm. Oh,
1: no. Sale so, so perhaps.
2: Speaking of manipulating the internet for profit, there's a pretty funny thing. Bulgarians, is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Boy, did they come! I wish I'd have thought of this. Never pretty clever your back in a Bulgarian. Pretty clever, among other things on the way.
3: Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Oh, hey, here's here's your headline. And while we were all talking about North Korea, Iran attacked Israel to explain the next 25 years of human history. Nobody's paying attention. Things are getting crazy heated over there.
2: Yeah, ugly in Syria. Just unbelievable.
3: Are you Syria?
2: Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience
3: of the nation.
2: i want to say the reason I was smiling <laughs> is because I love the national anthem so much. It
3: just makes me That's the face I make when I
2: love the phone. That was some, <laughs> some arrangement though. In high night trying to work in the words my humps my humps my lovely lady lumps was <laughs> may have been a mistake. I didn't realize I was on camera. Then my phone started just buzzing, texting and I was like, "Oh, I think I might have been on camera." <laughs> Ah, boy. Jimmy Kimmel caught smiling at the national anthem. Oh no, uh, I, hadn't,
3: I hadn't realized that. We ought to play some of that later. I mean, it never fails to amuse. It was a, it was an abortion from the beginning. It was terrible.
2: So Sean has our favorite listener comment of the day. Yes, this is a uh, actually from a,
4: a, a okay tweeter machine. Why is life so expensive? I'm not even having a good time.
3: Oh, boy. That's funny. That is
4: awesome. Who tweeted that? Uh, <laughs> somebody named Reagan. There you go. Why is credits. life
2: so expensive? I'm not even having a good time. No so,
4: kidding. Some random person with a couple thousand followers has like 17,000 retweets. Who knows how many were purchased? It I'm,
2: often feels that way, doesn't it? I make I make this much. I spend this much. And I'm not even enjoying myself. What What am I doing?
3: I'm just Diane ought to have three hundred and fifty thousand followers,' yes. I'm continually amazed how few she has, which just goes to show you, and I just and her own show, yeah, no kidding, or a guest John, on this show. how would Fridays work for you? I'm tiring of the five day work week so here's a
2: statement that will work now or toward the end of the ten thousand year clock
3: <laughs> Go things, ahead.
2: things are a mess in the Middle East right
3: now, oh boy, so the... that was
2: true five thousand years ago, when I was born <laughs> when I, think... I die. And a thousand years from now, probably.
3: Right. Just change the names in the Old Testament and you'll, you know, change the names of the countries, But it's the same areas uh, and the conflicts and wars and stonings and stabbings and the rest of it. So uh, this year's Munich Security Conference, you hip to that, you, everybody gets together and talks about uh, wars and preventing them and that sort of thing. And they mentioned that it was conducted against the backdrop of three aircraft, Russian, Turkish and Israeli, being downed over Syria. And the chairman of the gathering of defense and security policymakers said, and I quote, at no time since the collapse of the Soviet Union has the risk of armed conflict between major powers been as high as it is today. That's a statement right there. Yeah. And now this I'm getting it's getting who's talking about this. Nobody no no, the people whose jobs it is to talk about it are definitely talking about it.
2: True, obviously. Good. That if that's what your job is, right. you should be talking about yeah. it. But in the media, that's not our conversations.
3: Yeah. Here's here's a quote this is just the sampler platter. Don't worry, the stakes are coming up in a moment. Um Joost Hilterman, who's a Middle East director, uh I'm Middle East director at the International Crisis Group, puts it I wouldn't work at the International Crisis Group, too stressful, you know? In a region of conflict clusters, he puts it, conflicts within a cluster have started to bleed into conflicts in another cluster. And individual conflicts in the Middle East have broadened to suck in first regional powers and then global actors as a result of power and security vacuums created in the chaos of war. This is, you know, as we've discussed with uh, Liz Sly many times, the 10 or so wars going on around Syria. Are starting to suck in bigger and bigger actors with bigger and bigger states. Okay, that was your that was your nice calamari rings, which I certainly enjoy. Now is your big juicy steak. Serious civil war has enabled Iran. I'm quoting now from uh, Financial Times, alongside paramilitary allies like uh, Hezbollah, which is centered in Lebanon, and with the Russian air force, you got Iran. Putting down roots and completing a Shia Arab arc through Iraq and Syria to the Mediterranean, more or less surrounding Israel. Israel, beyond bombing what it says are Iranian arms depots and convoys in Syria headed for Hezbollah, have kept out of this war, mostly. But it has been saying for two years now it will launch its own war if either of two things happen. Here are your triggers. If Iran, Hezbollah, and the other militias, nurtured by the Revolutionary Guard, establish a permanent military presence in Syria. If Hezbollah and company are permanently in Syria, Israel will start a war. Because that's right along their border. Or if Hezbollah, which fought Israel to a standstill in the previous Lebanon war in '06, continues to build an arsenal of Iranian-supplied rockets that can reach deep within Israel, Israel jumps.
2: Well, Netanyahu, yeah, he said it out loud the other day. He said, we have red lines. Don't test
3: us. Now, Iran responded, I don't think I have the quote in front of me. One of their military higher-ups uh, vowed that they would level Tel Aviv and do it before Netanyahu got a chance to leave town. Meanwhile, Israel, which has nukes, is thinking, try that and say goodbye to Tehran. Now, is any of this going to happen? I can't tell you it's not. It's going to happen someday. It's going to happen someday. I I tell you what, it's a hell of a lot easier to imagine the scenario where it happens as to imagine the scenario where it doesn't. What is Hezbollah going to say? Look, look, this is... But we've realized setting up permanent roots in Syria and, you know, and we're in Lebanon and everything. We realize it's really putting way too much pressure on Israel. It's unfair of us. We're pulling back. Is that going to happen? No. And do you think Israel is kidding about if we've got Hezbollah on our doorstep, we're going to attack? Do you think they're they're joking? No, they're not.
2: Listen to this rhetoric, will you? Speaking of an ugly world, an ugly Middle East. So in Syria... One of the deadliest places on the planet for the last, how many years is it now, six? And
3: worsening.
2: How many years has it been now they've been at this? And it started with, you know, part of the Arab Spring
3: uprising against Assad and trying to overthrow him. And right. It was Well, it was peaceful. Say, so, hey, we we would like some rights over here. And Assad's people shot him down the streets. And used chemical weapons,
2: which the world did not respond to. Said, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But Cut it uh, out. nobody really wants to stop you. So go ahead. And they've used chemical weapons multiple times. And Russia got involved and started bombing schools and hospitals. And nobody's done anything about that. Yeah, what's the term? Belo
3: war War uh, in the Roman style? Total all-out war.
2: So in the last couple of days, it's been as bad as it's ever been with Iran and Russia helping Syria bomb just regular neighborhoods, killing all kinds of just regular people, including lots of children. And um, and apparently they're planning for a ground invasion. So they're trying to soften up these areas, and, they're, and they've got the ground troops mass, and they're going to come in, and they're going to kill people left and right. And it's going to be so ugly. This is the very thing that Obama launched our airstrike in Libya to stop when Muammar Gaddafi was going to do this. Right. And 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 it was talking about going door to door, and Barack Obama said, no, you ain't, and we started bombing him. Well, now they're going to do it in Syria, and I'm thinking the world's going to let them do it. Syrian officials vowed to... Well, sh- I,
3: you know, the, uh, the uh, Libya thing didn't work out so no, well. No,
2: I'm not saying we should. Right. But w- at one time, we thought the world can't put up with this. And now maybe we're going to.
3: Well, now there's the chaos that breeds that sort of thing all the time. That's why it's so hard.
2: Syrian officials vowed to show no quarter as they moved to wipe out rebels in the suburb of eastern Guata. With the assault this week ranking as the deadliest there in years. Here's the quote from the dude, the Syrian official. I promise I will teach them a lesson in combat and in fire, he said. You won't find a rescuer. And if you do, you'll be rescued with water like boiling oil. You'll be rescued with blood. That was his message to the civilian population of that particular suburb. Mm. Anybody who says never again ought to be slapped in the face. Never again, always again. Right. Whenever anybody wants to, the world doesn't stop it. And, And for good reason. Some good reason. But bad guys get to do
3: bad things all over the world. Well, hope you've enjoyed the single ugliest segment of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Good morning. Enjoy your day. Yeah, look forward to that the next several days.
2: Dar! You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.